0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my uh, wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. H- Hello, sir. How are you?
1: Hello. I am the silent IE in the middle.
0: Yeah. Uh, there you go. How how was... Uh, How was not being on the show last week?
1: It was a awesome day of it was weird because, you know, how you have a schedule. Uh, Yeah. And you make that schedule just like at work. You make your schedule. Then you have your shows. You make your schedule. You have your I got to get my Wednesday video out schedule.
0: Well, but sometimes like you have your prep, you have your whatever.
1: Yeah, but sometimes when you realize, oh wait, I've got nothing I have to do, no schedule at all, <laughs> it just feels good sometimes to have you know just no, you could do anything you want. You just sit back and you go, I could just leave the house now, or I could leave it in fifty minutes. It doesn't matter. There's no schedule here, so it was nice to get one of those. I mean, I love doing the show and it's awesome, but it's also cool just to be spontaneous sometimes too. So yeah, yeah, um, just be able to do anything. But I heard you got to go out in the great outdoors I with your fam. And got to do some cool stuff. So
0: Yeah, we uh friend grabbed like a bunch of camping sites and and had extra. He they kinda Mm -hmm. wanted like the whole area for themselves. Ah. So they they and they invited a bunch of other people, but he had one extra. He's like, Yeah, why don't you come up? And so we went camping, which I haven't been in many years, uh, because of of well, lots of stuff, baby and what have you, sure. but it was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so camping with a toddler kind of intense, but we got some, some cute photos of him playing in a Creek and, uh, and we survived. So yeah. it was fun. A very
1: dad thing to do. really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. didn't you and your, your parents go out and camp?
0: Yeah. A yeah. Not, a, not a to- my mother didn't like camping that much. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I a couple times and I was a boy scout and stuff. So we'd always go up in the woods yeah. and do things. Yeah. So,
1: and you live in a state that's, perfect for yeah. finding cool campgrounds and lots camp of beautiful places. country yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah and yellowstone's really close there's a lot of stuff where i live so yeah. well, your um, son's cool. going to have fun yeah <laughs> so that was that was entertaining and fun sleeping in a tent with a yeah. little changing diapers in the forest i was like okay we're doing this all right we're doing it um but it was a lot of fun so thank you uh it was kind of a, a spur of the moment thing uh but mm-hmm. we we took a chance and we went out so we decided to cancel the show so i could uh, go out and, and uh, yeah fry eggs on my on my fire yeah. pan and stuff That's
1: well funny. on saturday i was able to go and get my motorcycle endorsement so i passed my skills test in nice. one try didn't fail didn't didn't not even one like minus off of anything you know like put your foot down or go over a line or anything mm-hmm. so i was like that whole i'd been i don't know why you're worried but if you know you have a test coming up and even though you're practicing for it or you're you're thinking you're good for it, I know test always just has anxiety behind it. So. Oh, I hate them! So once so. it was done, it was just like, oh, this is so good! I can just do anything I want now. I can drive anywhere I want. I can. I'm not worried about getting pulled over or anything. Yeah. And not have, you'd be on my learner's permit or something, you know. So, no, that was t- super cool.
0: Tests are awful. Uh, yeah. They now I'm all riled up because like. <laughs> People are supposed to be good. I feel like the majority of people are supposed to be good at multiple choice tests Mm -hmm. and they make multiple choice tests as like, well, this is an easier version of a regular test. Mm -hmm. I fail so bad at those. Like I've never been good at multiple choice because I'm like, well, that one's right. And that one's right. That one sounds right. Well, which one's more right? I don't (laughs) like this. And uh, I've been doing a lot of these uh, quizzes and stuff um, for Mm -hmm. my new job as part of like learning. And it's all fun. It's not really meant to be like, you did bad, but it's meant to show you, like, oh, you don't know what you're actually thinking. Like, you you didn't understand that like you thought you did or something. Right, um, right. And they're, and they're fun little team-building things. And I do so bad at them. And I'm like, I've, I swear I'm, like, a good employee. Like, I'm doing good. <laughs> like, but it's just, like, the way things are worded, I get so... I don't know. Yeah. It's weird.
1: Yeah. And you start to talk yourself out of something. You know, you're just like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Is that right? But then that sounds, yeah, there was, I remember I was in the, you're taking the written <laughs> test for the, oh, was my <laughs> dog? <laughs> <laughs> the written test. They hated this test too. Um, and it said something like, um, if you get a flat back tire on a motorcycle, what should you do? And one of them was like, or what, what's going to happen? And one of them was like, well, you should just not ride the motorcycle. It'll be uncontrollable. And one of them was like, it's going to weave back and forth, left and right. And then one of them is going to be like, don't worry about it. You can fix it in a day or two. Something like a really dumb answer. But I just started thinking, like, if you've got a flat tire on a motorcycle, don't ride the motorcycle. But the right answer was, it's going to weave back and forth, so you have to compensate for it. But I'm thinking if I see a flat on my motorcycle, I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. not going to chance going yeah. somewhere on a flat motorcycle. AAA. tire. I, and I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. I was like, that just seems weird. So I get that. The whole tests are weird. And your brains think of things differently when questioned. And then you see these answers and you kind of think, well, how would that work? Or, yeah, that could be possible. That could be possible. You know, so I don't know. I finally got past it. So it was good. Saturday was a good. But then after the test is over, you get it. You get your 80 percent, your 90 percent, whatever you needed. And you're just like oh god now i don't have to worry about this stupid thing anymore (laughs) you know i just felt so good so that saturday was really good once i got done with the test and I was like, wow! Now the whole day is just like sunshine and nothing. You know, you can just awesome. do whatever you want. Rode my bike a couple of different times, went different places. Didn't care about if a police officer was behind me or any of that stuff, and it was good. So
0: cool. Well, uh, Zris here says you should check for burglars because your dogs were barking. So yes, yes. No, there, well, as I was telling, <laughs> or do Jordan, they keep them at bay. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. as I was telling Jordan, there is. I've been informed there is a ladies only pool party happening at my house for the rest of this afternoon and I am not invited so that is the ladies showing up for the pool party and uh, what she called it charcuterie board yeah there you go so there's some words to throw out to you guys
0: (laughs) Um, that is a word that we make fun of a lot of in this house yes Uh, and (laughs) I want to get I wanted to get like a charcuterie board that is in the form of a shark with like little like candy sharks on it or sure. something. So. <laughs> um, but we should probably talk about D&D. But d because <laughs> this is a DD show, right? Not a, a Saturday morning D&D show. Camping than just show? Our lives. But uh, yeah, but anyway, thank you guys. We were here last week. It was really fun um, yeah. to take a day off every once in a while. So uh, yeah, um, n- not much news at all, really. No, because, because we've kind of heard everything. We've heard everything. Yeah. Uh, light is the first to come out, which will be in September. Um, and the Beetle and Grimms version of Strict of of Witchhaven. Or sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not Strix Haven. Witch Light. Getting yes. confused. <laughs> uh, Witch Light is it looks really cool, the Beetle and Grimms one. It comes with like a little ticket that I thought was cool, like an entrance to the carnival. Um, and they did a good job of this with the Barovia one. And I think Wizards of the Coast copied some of their ideas for the uh Curse of Strahd box set that they released later around mm-hmm. Halloween where it gave you uh postcards that was like, welcome to Barovia and ah, you could nice. make you, they were real postcards. So you could mail these out to your friends to be like, Hey, do you want to play Curse of Strahd? And I'm i I'm a sucker for like props and stuff like that. Like when, one of the reasons I loved invisible sun so much is it came with like lots business cards from the various mm-hmm. uh, bars and, and local establishments within the world of, invisible sun and i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. uh and there's a whole prop making kit that you can buy that comes with fonts and all of these other things so you can build your own stuff and print it out uh so i love things like that and i thought that was really cool um are you and i and i've watched a couple other things but uh is is there a fanaticism for the fey wild are you feeling this or is this just kind of like oh it's an adventure
1: I think... Well, this was a weird one for me because, like, are you going to buy this? What's the other question? I'm not sure I'm on board with this one because this Feywild feels more Alice in Wonderland Feywild to me Mm -hmm. and not as much Feywild as what me and you used to talk about, which was the summer, autumn, spring, and winter courts dueling against each other in their world of Fey, right? This... And I, in my mind, that was like um, almost like a Game of Thrones style courts, you know, that, the way I was thinking of it. That And they were they were constantly maneuvering against each other. And there were certain groups yeah. that were aligned with this court and these courts. And they have their laws and their rules. And you, you, if you go across their borders and whatever. But this is more of like... Um, you go to the carnival or you go to Cupcake Land or you go to, you know, you fall down a rabbit hole and look, there's the Mad Hatter with the hat on the rabbit. It feels more whimsical to me, even if you're going to put a little bit of a horror um, spectrum to it. Like a, like a, what was that old game that had Alice? It was like something McPhee or McGee
0: did oh, yeah. a horror uh, It was called game. Alice, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and it was kind of like Alice in Wonderland, but it was done the horror way, or like a grim fairy tale, mm-hmm. where you where you dive into the grim part of the fairy tale of it. Um, so I could see this being that, and I guess I wasn't really looking for grim fairy tale campaign to run, or I wasn't really looking for an Alice in Wonderland um, campaign to run, so I don't think I'm as excited, and I don't know if the people that were talking about We Need a fay book... We're saying this is the book we want.
0: Yeah, I think they want a Fey
1: book, but they had a different idea of what a Fey book would be. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of Dungeon Masters like myself are are they want um, they want uh, Alice uh, McGee. There you go. <laughs> settings, I guess. Um, and so, uh, uh, really, I would love a Faye Wild book that was. Um, the Ravenloft book that we got, uh, Van Richten's Guide, only for the Feywild. Like, here's a bunch of different little areas that you can connect if you want, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And here are some overarching rules for the 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 Feywild. But, uh, yeah. and we'll see when the book comes out. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm not. I I'm curious. I think this will be something that I could easily like plop down into stuff that I'm working on. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't been. Uh, I think I've been researching Strixhaven so much lately that I'm getting more excited for that book than I am for this <laughs> <Yeah>. one, but... <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I would say of the two, Strixhaven is more interesting to me. American, Mickey, Even yeah. if I wouldn't necessarily go full Harry Potter with it if I did Strixhaven, but I'm closer to thinking of cool ideas I could do with Magical College, Magical School, than I am with Magical Carnival, um, Baking contests, you know, in which light, you know, that guy, because like the, even the zones I did, I didn't, none of them captured me as, what was it hither, yither, and yon didn't speak to me and just grab me like some other things have when they when they talk about them. So I think light was one that maybe it's a book we thought we wanted, but then when we got it, maybe it wasn't what we actually wanted. Yeah. It could be a case of that. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, I am curious because I've I've always really enjoyed the things that chris perkins has worked on more than mm-hmm. when he doesn't work on them so right. uh and this is something that i think he wanted to do for a while but then they were like oh we have to tie something in with baldur's gate which is probably why descent into avernus felt so rushed to me
1: because mm-hmm.
0: i think they they were like oh we'll just put it in baldur's gate and then it'll tie into baldur's gate 3 that's coming out and i was like uh but i don't know it that's a really cool idea but like i feel like they didn't hit the mark very well with that one but right
1: yeah. right
0: Granted there are some uh, DM skill products that actually fix a lot of the problems with that which I thought was interesting so you can buy Descent into Avernus and then go buy these DM skill things to like <laughs> yeah. and it's like a whole new starting adventure that really like ties in a bunch of the people but well we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see
1: that's kind of like the computer gaming modding company sometimes where oh yeah a, a pretty good game is put out but then the player modders get a hold of it And they add in the stuff that really fixes the annoying stuff, fixes the inconsistencies and adds a couple of the things that you really wanted. And you're like, why didn't they add this in the first place? Because the modding community knows exactly what people want. No uh,
0: vampire. (laughs) The masquerade is a perfect example of that, where that game, that game was terrible. But like when you apply all of the mods that the whole like vampire, the masquerade community had like built Mm -hmm. up for it. um, It it's a really cool game. And <laughs> like they, yeah. they did all of the things that they wanted to see in a game, you know? So, yeah.
1: So that's cool. So we'll see what that, you know? So you can think of DMs, Guild like being the modders of our community. And um, and there's plenty of independent people out there making the stuff that kind of I think could fix some of these things. Oh, no,
0: yeah. Uh, or you can fix it yourself sure. while you're playing it. I, I have mm-hmm. lots of DMs do that. Um, I did a video on Strixhaven uh, the, with uh, my friend Aether Hub from Aether Hub or Sibin from Aether Hub. And um, he. He's been doing uh, lots of interesting Magic the Gathering lore. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting. I We have a lot of fun with these conversations, and I really enjoy that format of just, like, talking to people. But they're, like, some of my worst performing videos. And so oh. I, I'm wondering if it's the format or the, the subject matter, you know? And it could maybe be both. But, like, uh, Strixhaven, the more we talked about it, I left that conversation being like, man, I'm so excited for this thing. Like the idea Mm -hmm. of, of having like schools or a school and like an adventure for every year you're at school at magic school. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, and I, and I agree, we were just talking like, I wouldn't run it as Harry Potter, but like, I would definitely run it as like a magical school. And then the villains are totally people that you can sympathize with because there are these weird dragons that are kind of controlling the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're feeding you just enough information to make you feel powerful, but you'll never break their control. And the villains are like, we should break free. And it's like, Oh, but you're violent. And like, I don't know. And so Mm -hmm. I like villains that you can kind of identify with and be like, Oh, and so I, I'm really curious about this. And I, and the more that it's, uh, I'm learning about Strixhaven, I think it's a really interesting idea, and fits well with a and d setting, probably more than Magic the Gathering, which is why they yeah. chose it. Like uh, Simon thought, well that's a weird one to bring to D&D, Like I don't know, because it was kind Ancient of a weird dragons. one for Magic, but I was like, oh no, the more we talked about it, I'm like, I can see yeah. exactly why. Yeah. Ancient
1: so, dragons yeah. controlling the population so they can't get too powerful. That sounds D&D to me. Exactly,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that could you pull it off? I mean, this is almost like a bardic inspiration section here now, but like when I was listening to you guys talk about it, I was getting more and more interested in the, in the setting also, mm-hmm. because I also like the idea of, could you sell the Gilded Jail or the Gilded Cell to your players without them realizing it in the beginning but they slowly realize it at the end like you give them no hint that the school is really a prison that's holding them back and could you maneuver and make the storyline subtle enough that they don't pick up on it in the beginning but it's towards the end when they finally get to the revelation on their own that they're like holy crap we're in a prison right now and yes it's nice and yes it's cool it's a cool college campus and blah 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 but we're slaves to this or we're being held back to this or our will is being subjugated mm-hmm. in in certain ways to make us not want to do these things and now that we know it we have to break free you know yeah. could you do it without them just guessing it right from the session number 1 what you're trying to do i think that would just be a really cool gm challenge to yourself to say could i pull it off could i make this so good that they don't realize they're in a prison until halfway through
0: yeah and i and think about there's so many movies like uh, i was just thinking about um ah it's some tom cruise movie it's a sci-fi one but like they're led to believe that it's like no the the resistance is bad and all this other stuff and you have Mm -hmm. to go do all of this and they're very set on that and then it's that turning point midway through the movie where you're like oh my gosh like I'm the. They're enemy. actually the
1: good. Like, yeah, I'm the bad. guy. What? And
0: then and then they have a choice to make, and that's what I want to do with Strixhaven. Like exactly what yeah. you said, where they're just like, wait a minute, they're trying to free us. We're we're literally fighting our saviors. Like this is not yeah. good. And I know within the world of, of Strixhaven, the bad guys are bad, but like you could make them good. Like I think that's cool. Like well, yeah, overthrow you these could. tyrannical dragons. Like how cool yeah. is that? <laughs>
1: but then then add into the last part of that, the dragons are right like throw in that, yes, when, when they get this powerful of a magic, it shatters the world. So this is why they've never tried to let anybody get yeah. it. So they're doing it for the right reason, but like the wrong way. Yeah. Kind of thing. So they are a bad guy, but they're also kind of not a bad guy kind of thing. So you, it, I, I feel like that could be just a really cool way to try to explore and see if your players really pick up. I think it'd be tough because sometimes players pick up on things you thought you were going to have to give them twenty clues on, and they pick it up on the first clue. Yeah, and then other times you give them all twenty clues, and they're still clueless. They're yeah. like, "What? I don't. I don't get it." We're they're, stuck. they're licking a tree. And they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, Focus. why are you near
0: the tree?" Oh my god. Um, Shadzar <laughs> asks an interesting question. Uh, he says, "Do you think that Strixhaven was designed for both games at the same time?" Um, and I like Ooh. for Magic and D and D, and I don't. Like, I, I, I mean, I could see them going that route, but I don't, I don't think the d d side and the Magic the Gathering side talk to each other that much. Um, and but I bet Hasbro talks to them and say, listen, you have these properties and you have these properties. You guys are mm-hmm. going to swap and share or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, that's probably that I can
1: see happened. happening. I bet they're they could be slightly influenced yeah. in like a peripheral way. Like they could see some of the cool dragon artwork that's been coming out of Dungeons and Dragons or something over and was, you know, yeah, that part. And they could be thinking, oh, you know what? That was a cool dragon image, I thought. So now when I'm sitting down at the let's create a card planes, I've got this image that this artwork I saw is really cool. And now I've built something around. So I could see it only in that way, but not necessarily like, hey, guys, let's build a card set of. Dungeons and Dragons until this one that just came out, right? Until yeah. we just got in Forgotten Realms. When they, but look how good they did with Forgotten Realms when they were able to say, "All right, let's build a card set that is based on this." And I thought that card set was fantastic. Um, I'm interested to see. In my mind, Strixhaven is really cool. When I think about how I'm going to bring it into Dungeons and Dragons, I kind of want to go buy some Strixhaven's cards and see if it's cool without bringing it into dungeons and dragons is it cool as a card set on its own Mm -hmm. is it a fun card set that is something about a magical school and ancient dragons and and cool things and i like the idea where he talked about um there's pairings of colors represent the five houses right yeah and what i found a little disappointing is he said they were the same color pairings as ravnica
0: yeah yeah,
1: I kind of thought that was a miss. Why would you do if you're going to do ones where this world is known for a green black combo or a, a red white combo or a whatever whatever combo, right? Why wouldn't in another world wouldn't you switch that up? Why would you still have the same color combos and keep running with it? I yeah, thought that was a I wonder
0: weird. if it's a balance thing with previous editions. But emissions. maybe it is. Yeah, and and I but I also wonder if. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of distance and a lot of settings in between uh, Ravnica and um, Strixhaven. So, like, mm-hmm. this might just be the time that it actually, like, switched over again. Oh, that know? could be, too. Like, yeah, I, I could So, because Theros, I bet there's lots of not, you know, green blacks in Theros. There might be all right. kinds of other stuff. But we didn't actually get that kind of mana feel from that setting as a D&D setting, so.
1: Right. Yeah, and where these ones are, are split up so specifically, like the guilds of Ravnica or the, the different houses of, yeah, the, yeah. Um, of the college or the you know, the school. And season. even
0: then, in the D&D setting, it's like the, the Golgari are the black-green of Ravnica. And it's all about mushrooms and, and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And Witherbloom is the Strixhaven black-green. Mm. Uh and, and kind of similar, but it's like about, you know, decay and, and 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 nurturing new life and stuff like that. Uh so although the same colors and kind of a same idea, like mushrooms and whatever, and and but I don't know, Ravnica was more like poisons and stuff, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is more like decay. So mm-hmm. uh they might have slightly different themes who knows yeah yeah. I
1: do like how you could come up with themes though like if we sat down and we said okay in our campaign world we're gonna add you know the pairings and we just say the pairings we say okay we're gonna do red white blue black uh green what's the last one a white if there's five green green white and then you just sit back and you go okay Now, what does that really mean? So, like, when you thought, you know, green, black was decay, but what is green, white, or what is green, blue, or what is green, red, or what are the themes there that you could explore? I think there's a lot of creativity that can come out with what does is, what is, you know blue red really look like what does blue white really look like what no does blue, the black really look the like
0: the magic the gathering colors as an alignment system for D D. there there was a video oh, out there yeah. and i'll try to link it and, and i can't look for it right now but i'll try to link it i watched it and sent it out to a bunch of people on our discord because i'm like this is a really cool idea like rather mm-hmm. than just like oh i'm lawful good like you have a lot of subtleties with like how you want to Play that, uh, yeah, and not, and you could make your own system that kind of reflects that for D anD. d It doesn't. I, I don't. I don't advocate like, well, we need to take everything from magic because magic is so no. cool. But no. But I yeah. like the idea of, um, you know, black doesn't mean evil, but like, Mm-mm. uh, evil definitely means evil in like Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons, you know. And so there's not yeah. that like wiggle room. You can't. There's a reason that a lot of players are like, I don't want you guys to play chaotic evil, because we don't really understand how to play that because we don't talk about it, and so everyone mm-hmm. seems. Everyone I play with is either like neutral good, chaotic good, or like neutral, or yeah. you know, like the, I, I've never played an evil campaign, sort of evil, and and nobody really wants to be lawful, so no I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. adjacent, yeah, evil adjacent. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'll pick a pocket, I'll steal,
1: you know, I'll do do a theft, (laughs) that kind (laughs) of evil.
0: But speaking of, like, Magic the Gathering settings, uh, I've been researching a lot of D&D, or a lot of RPG settings lately, Mm -hmm. and it got me thinking about universal systems, um, which are systems that you're supposed to be able to play anything with. Like, if I want to play Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if I want to play Red Dwarf Space Adventure, (laughs) if I want to play... Uh, Inistra, or Strixhaven, or, or Lord of the Rings—like you could use those systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's quite a few out there because I think a lot of nerds are like, "Oh, like I want to play this with D and can not I can't. I'm going to make a system that can." And so people have, and they've made all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. heck, I'm one of them. I'm like working on my own system right now.
1: Right.
0: Uh, but how do you feel about those? I guess. And have you played any? Because I want to say yeah. that I've t- I've read a bunch of them. Uh, and the ones that come to mind for me are the Unisystem, Uni System, which apparently is like a, a, a re-flavor of a cinematic Universal role-playing game. I think is what it was called. And the Uni System was used for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a- uh, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, things like that. Like if you wanted to play these movies mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a role-playing game, you could use this Uni System. Um, and then I think the one that's really popular, really out there right now, is the Cortex, because that mm-hmm. one D D Beyond picked up, and they're working on a version of Cortex that you could play uh, any other, any like setting. So if they get a property mm-hmm. like uh, they don't have Avatar, but like uh, the other one, they, the Dragon Prince, what they got the yeah. Dragon Prince, they're going to use that to apply Dragon Prince over the Cortex system, so that you Lucian can play a Dragon Prince game. Yeah, yeah, so. it's
1: the it's the elusive um, forbidden fruit of tabletop games, right? Because yeah, this idea at that at some it works point for everything. <laughs> we always kind of start to move towards. Well, what if I could have a game system so that when I change genres, I didn't have to learn new rules? Mm-hmm. The rules still work, and I mean. One that I'm surprised you didn't even mention is the Cipher system. Oh, Cipher,
0: yeah, right. right. I don't even Marty know why Cook. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, the D20 system works,
1: so. is supposed to be agnostic. I mean, we've seen a lot of games built off D20 system itself. Yeah, um, Modifius uses the the 2d20 system, and then a lot of people use um, the Powered by Apocalypse. Yeah, which seems to be a pretty generic system that can be applied to just about anything. Um, So it seems like you're right. We always have these good role playing games, but then there always comes a point after we played them long enough and for and we want to try to use them in a different genre. But then we find that it doesn't work as well because it was it was really good in its niche. Yeah. So then we start to explore the idea of, well, what if we built the system so that it could work with everything? And I don't know if those never do as good, but I'm always a sucker for buying them. I bought Gary Gygax's one that he had done. His was called Dangerous Journeys back in the day when he left D&D. And it was supposed to be Dangerous Journeys could be used in any genre. You could go to the middle of the earth, you can play modern day, you can play high fantasy, you can mm-hmm. play sci-fi. He was building out these, you know, this big universal system. Um, Rifts was kind of like another one of those that was supposed to be like a, a universal system. Cypher for sure is the one I picked up on when I came back to more modern day stuff. Cause I thought, well, if I learned Cypher, I can already play Numenera, The Strange, you know, all these things by Monte Cook. And the Cypher talks about how you can turn it into a James Bond game. You could play a Vietnam War game. You could, you know, do a, a sci-fi um, space opera game. Yeah. You know, and they talk about how to do all that stuff in the books. So they're out there, but they never seem to gain as much traction
0: And I wonder as if it's, the niche yeah. ones. And I wonder you if know? it's because, and I, I'm going to just point this out, like you have a giant book behind you that says Alien on it.
1: Yeah, um, and I
0: I think people walk by and they'll see like cipher system, never heard of it, but they mm. look over and they're like, oh, I love Alien, and so yeah. even Alien might be using the cipher system, but they're just right. like, I uh, I don't know, like, and it's not, but like hypothetically, let's say yeah. it is, you know, and they're just like, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll take this and then I'll play whatever. I you kind of have to have a, a a group of friends that are really invested in a show or something with you, a fandom. For you mm-hmm. to be like, OK, guys, we're going to do an X-Men game, but I'm going right. to I'm going to use the cipher system to create right. this, you know, or the now that's the
1: missing. You just, I think you just hit on it. you might have just broke the code right there. The thing I haven't seen in the past with all of these universal systems is they still when they create the universal system, they still kind of create their own world or genre that that represents that world. But it's their own so it's still not new it's still just made up and it still doesn't have a fan base wrapped around it yeah but if you took a universal system and then you go out and say guess what the showcase is the pokemon universe yeah and you plop that down and then all of a sudden you bring in that built-in thing and then you show them next year well we did pokemon universe this year we're doing castlevania from netflix
0: and yeah. I'll just show you how that works in uh, the system. On a, that's what Free League's doing, like that. Yeah, and I, you're right. And that's I uh, think that could
1: crack the code
0: because Free League's doing that. They're like, here's Forbidden Lands. You know, yeah. it's a fantasy thing. It uses our uh, I forget the name of their system that they have, uh, but it's it's a d6 dice pool system. Um, and then after that, after they did Forbidden Lands, which was very fantasy, very uh, mm-hmm. like yeah. Uh, t- traditional fantasy. You're an elf. You're a dwarf. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, then they did Vason and they did Tales from the Loop. And so Vason is like your supernatural detectives from the 1920s, kind of a la Hellboy. Like you're mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. solving things. Uh, and the and then Tales from the Loop is straight up the 80s that never was. But it's God, all the same so system. Much. So I don't know love it so much. I bought I, those. I I think that that might be. Uh, The future because there's and and I'm wondering if Wizards of the Coast is going to do something like that, because Mm -hmm. uh, everybody plays D&D and all they have to do. And Hasbro is the king of like, we've got this like where where why isn't Hasbro going to Wizards of the Coast and saying, we want you to turn the fifth edition rules into a Transformers game. Right, and then One we'll just sell big. it. It'll be it'll be Transformers, the RPG brought by Wizards yeah. of the Coast, using the fifth edition Dungeons of Dragons rule set, yeah,
1: so that you 20. understand
0: that you have to build these things. You get yeah. feats. You roll two d twenty for advantage, like all the things that we associate with Dungeons yeah. of Dragons fifth edition. But you're a transformer. Uh, I don't. Sign me up. I don't know why they haven't been doing that. Like in all honesty, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think I think that's the thing that could crack it eventually. So like the one where you're talking about, you know, the if the Dragon Prince is popular enough and then Netflix says, "Okay, that one was good," or they got one Netflix show and they said, "Now let's show you another one. Let's do Buffy. Let's yeah. do this other show that's different but popular." And it works. It's not just it doesn't it only sort of works. It's got to really work, right? It can't be a system that doesn't actually work well for multiple genres so they have to build a system one that does work for multiple genres the rules are interchangeable and then grab one or two big big ips and then they can have all the other custom ips they want and people and i think that could be something that could give 5e a run for its money i mean pathfinder's trying right they're trying with a a fantasy and a sci-fi at the same time the rules are pretty similar at this point they're consolidating them so they are the same as they move forward And they're they're the one group that's really trying to push D and D hard, but still they quite they they haven't quite done it right. They got close to they got a couple punches in, I feel like, but they haven't quite knocked you know D and D off the king of the hill yet. Um, Even Bonnie Cook, he's put out some great creative games, maybe landed a few shots on the chin of Wizards of the Coast, but still has not been able to knock them out. So it'd be interesting to see what that game is eventually going to be. And if it will be like you said, a universal system or again, will it be another niche system that comes up and it's just so good at the niche that it's in that it takes the reins of, you know, King of the Hill again.
0: Well, and there's also a play style, you know, because Mm -hmm. uh, if you, I'm going to like Cypher for an example, like if you like a a D and D 5e setting or, or system, because that's what you're used to, and then I'm like, hey, if we use this Monster of the Week system or Powered by the Apocalypse or Cypher system, we could play uh, Event Horizon. And you're like, oh, that sounds cool. All of a sudden, I don't have a grid and I don't have a mini and I'm not running around. And you're like, oh, well, this isn't the type of role playing I wanted. So uh, that's another thing I wanted to talk about universal systems. Like, I think they're very cool, but at the same time, I uh, just they're because, like if you're running a Buffy of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer um 5e game, that's gonna be very different from a Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh powered by the apocalypse game. Yeah. And I'm gonna want to play one of those. Cause one of them mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, that just seems weird. But like I would not want to play a powered by the apocalypse superhero game, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. But I would love to play a tactical combat fourth or fifth edition D D superhero game where right. I could look and see my powers and things like that. Um Kind of coming like full circle again. Uh, do you know what system that they're that Magpie's using for Avatar? Magpie Games for Avatar: The Last Um I
1: have well, they have their system that they've used before has been powered by the Apocalypse. Yep. I don't know if they're using the same one, but they, they might are be.
0: using powered by the Apocalypse. Yeah, they are. So they are fond of that system, and it's it's a great system. I'm not saying anything, but mm-hmm. when you're playing. When you're an an airbender or a firebender, do you want to hypothetically talk about your powers a la Monster of the Week when we played that? Where you're kind of like, I think I can do this. Like, I'm going to kind of have a conversation. Or do you want to know that I've got a plus three bonus to this air attack that I throw out or this fire attack? And that Kickstarter, I'm not faulting it, it might be an amazing game, but I was rereading that and I'm like, I don't think this is the game that people realize that they don't I don't think they realize what they're buying yeah because I'll let you
1: know because I kick no and yeah and I'm I'm very curious (laughs) I am very curious but like
0: it powered by the apocalypse and avatar the last airbender I'm like I I don't think that's what we wanted like I want to know exactly that I can do this this fire maneuver and I can combine it with my friend's wind maneuver to do something cool because I think that's how a lot of the fandom thinks and a Powered by the Apocalypse system is going to be like, I don't know, kind of... It's it's done by moves, and the yeah.
1: moves are are worded generically, yeah. so you can kind of theme them the way you want. Um, here, So my, one of my favorite games, Mass, a new generation, is a Powered by the Apocalypse, but adjusted. Um, and so when you're looking at the powers that your teenage superhero has, you're right, they're not as defined as, okay, I get... I beams that do plus two damage. I get a super strong punch, and oh, and I get a misty step that makes me, lets me move on a bonus action to thirty feet or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's not. They are not expecting you to play a miniature moving tactical game, so they don't have miniature moving tactical abilities that you gain as you go from levels one to twenty, <laughs> like you do in D and D. And they try to make it more like you're playing a comic book. So it's more about talking about the cell of the the frame of what's happening. Right. And you deciding a little bit more about what your power looks like. And then you just kind of make it up. And But you are right. There's something in there. Like when we played Monsters of the Week, the player doesn't really know what's okay. Is it okay for me to say I shoot flame out of my hand? and it blows up the entire world? Or is it okay for me to say I shoot flame out of my hand and it just, all it does is burn a door down? You know, does it burn the door down? Does it burn the whole house down? Does it burn seven states down in a single line? Like how powerful, when you're playing those Power by the Apocalypse games, you're not quite sure the extent of your power. Whereas in D&D, you know exactly what a sword hit's gonna do. You know exactly how hard an arrow is gonna hit. You know exactly how hard the fireball is gonna hit. It's not... It's, you know, it there's a range in there. You roll your dice and you're done. It's not like it blows the whole mountain up when I throw a fireball out. It only does this thing. So I think you're right. I think if you're looking for tactical and you want miniature moving, we're measuring and we're having fun in a nice big combat that craziness is happening, um, that you want a little bit more defined what's happening and how can I do it versus, other systems which have really kind of abstracted that into the more what they call rp kind of versions role-playing games where everybody's more into the discussions and the interactions than they are punching each other in the face or shooting off a fireball or using my ice beam because like if we're going to play an x-men game i want tactical full-on i'm fighting sentinels I want I to mean, be able to say what that's Wolverine how I would can want or yeah. Can't do. Yeah. So but if I'm I want playing, a system that's for that.
0: Yeah. But if I'm playing X files, the game, right. I don't, and I don't want that, you know, then I, don't so, need that.
1: Yeah, I need interaction. I need talk
0: discussion. So conversation. coming all the way back to the very beginning, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of why I wanted to spawn this does, is there a universal system? Because yeah, it, I mean, when if, and I'm thinking about it in a very large abstract way where it's like, uh, on paper yes we have universal systems but mm. do i want to play an x-men game using uh well cypher i probably do want to play an x-men game but like that's not anyway <laughs> but i do i want to play <laughs> an <screw> x-men <laughs> game with uh powered by the apocalypse right. or do i want to play an x-files game using mm. dnd fifth edition yeah, which is all about punching someone. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't I don't know if there if there is, now that I you know, and maybe we should reevaluate our mm-hmm. RPGs as this is a system that you can use that has <laughs> a lot of heavy narrative elements. You're gonna tell a story, it's gonna be really cool. And then this is in the middle, and then this is like a very tactical kind of rough and tumble game. So basically you are like, if you wanna play superheroes, like this is a good mm-hmm. one if you want to play a comic book adventure where maybe two of you peep, two of you are Superman, but one of you is like, uh, I don't know, Jimmy from the daily bugle or whatever <laughs> right. powered by the apocalypse works really well because yeah, Superman is more powerful than, you know, Jimmy, but Jimmy has abilities within that system that Superman mm-hmm. doesn't have. So,
1: yeah, that's a good analogy. And you're right. Maybe, Maybe that's the elusive why they've never been able to create one that we're like, can't be created. (laughs) Where
0: everyone is kind of like, yeah, I don't I don't know if it can, you know? So Or can you finally
1: build a system that covers all it's so big and it's so modular and it's so malleable Mm -hmm. that it can do cinematic games, it can do tactical based games, it can do theater of the mind games, it can do live action role-play games where people get costumes and they go out to a campground and they throw beanbags at each you know could the system cover the whole gambit of all that style of gaming a board game you could go full-on board game where you're on rails (laughs) and things like these rules handle it all you know and i don't don't know know, maybe it can i i'm really (laughs) curious about this
0: and and uh i i've joined uh a board game um facebook group that someone mm-hmm. in our discord pointed me towards and it's been really fun to see the, the interactions and chatting between people uh about game design in general and mm-hmm. and that's what kind of spawned this idea for me because i'm like you know oh, there's a lot of things that are like this is you can play anything with this and i'm like mm, but is it fun is it fun right. i don't know you could like, mm, i just <laughs> you i don't uh, yeah it's one of those things like i i mean i could i don't know <laughs> I, I can eat I a lot of too. asparagus, but will I like it? I don't the
1: know. The thing I miss in a lot of other games, even though I love Powered by the Apocalypse and Cypher and all these other games, the one thing I love about D&D games and the characters is that they're it's so defined what you get level to level to level. And there's so many levels that you're always looking forward to the next thing you might get or yeah. the way you might build your character. Whereas it seems like in a lot of other games you don't get as those many options you don't get as many of those upgrades it's not as defined a map of here's feats i could pick or here's cool abilities i could pick it's just like they they abstract it out because you're just going to be making up what your powers are anyways you know when when you go to do it that's not the focus of the game so yeah it's i think it's really hard i would love for to see a huge discussion in discord for those who think there are universal systems out there that can handle it. And which one is your favorite universal system? And for those who think there's no way a universal system could ever work, it'll never be able to do it, then what is your favorite niche system that you love so much that you know no universal is ever going to be able to cover? You know, each side of it really given there, what's my favorite? And here's my example of why it's my favorite. I'd love to see that because maybe there's some games on there I haven't even played. And I could go out and say, Oh, I haven't played that one. Like I was already watching some of the chat and people are talking about Alternity. I don't think I have played. And I've seen some names of other games in yeah. there I haven't even touched. Uh, GURPS so,
0: came up in, in the YouTube yeah. chat and I was like, I you know, I, I haven't read GURPS, but like <laughs> that is the generic universal role-playing game. I think that's what it stands <laughs> yeah. for. So I should probably check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, I mean, this is kind of funny, but like, uh, what is your favorite space sci-fi, and I'll say like sci-fi fantasy setting. Like, do you have one where you're, and this could be a movie, a book that you're like, man, I would love to play a game in that. Aliens?
1: Yeah, it's got to be Aliens. All right, and
0: it, so with Aliens, but, what system do you want to play Aliens uh, with? That one. Yeah, that's a good choice. This,
1: everybody has said this is really good. Every All the reading I've done with it has been really good. I love... Aliens and Colonial Marines and Space Marines kind of stuff. I will say the close, close, close runner-up for me, sci-fi-wise, is Warhammer 40K. Mm. I love how deep that universe is. I love all the lore. I love the miniatures and the models and all the stuff that goes with it. I love it a lot, but Aliens is still, you know, my my one in my heart. Or, God, Starship Troopers. I got to throw that in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. Starship Troopers feels... (laughs) The campy
0: aliens. But, it's very yeah. alien.
1: Yeah, it's very Space Marine-like. So I that system is really, really, really good. And I don't know if you need a and d system with a colonial marines or your colonists or your
0: scientists or your... You're I don't think of a you mining, do. Uh, I would play just, a powered by the apocalypse. Yeah. or I think cipher just work really guns well and grenades too. at that point. Yeah. So. and I haven't read Alien, uh, but I'm sure that system does it justice. So. If I
1: didn't do this system, and you said this one didn't exist, yeah. Let's the,
0: say let's say what universal system would you use? Kind of oh, a thing. Universal, you, like or I don't know what what system. Well, well, Delta Green. Yeah, Delta
1: Green is a system that I've liked when it when there are guns. In rocket launchers and grenades kind of involved, I've liked that game and that system. So for me, you know, Delta Green, but playing an aliens campaign yeah. would be super, super fun. I could see you doing it in Cypher. I'm sure somebody could do it in a D20 system. I mean, I don't know why you couldn't at that yeah. point. You just have to, you'd have to stat out what is a gun? What is a machine gun? What is a pistol? What is a... Mm-hmm heavy machine gun in 5e how would you designate what the differences are between you know an mp5 and a you know M60 the 60 machine gun you, you know, know <laughs> the white wolf
0: system ah, uh, there would be kind of cool for an alien space marine thing because That's you could have like the scientist who does this and like yeah yeah
1: you could still and they could be part of different corporations yep. they could still have different clans in a yep. way but you're doing yeah. it in a different way yeah.
0: oh i could see that That'd be kind of fun. What about a uh, uh, fantasy? I mean, my favorite fantasy. Yeah. Do you have a fa- like or because uh, you be- you read a lot of books and stuff uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy and you enjoy fantasy? Do you have a favorite a fantasy setting that you haven't been able to play it?
1: Yeah, everything would have been Forgotten Realms for a very very long time, until I would say pretty recently, and mm-hmm. now I want to play more of a some of these animations where they are showing you um, fantasy games, but they're being played through virtual reality. So the players are sitting at home, they put their virtual reality sets, they get fully immersed and they're playing, you know, Sword Art online kind of style. They're going to a fantasy world and they're playing their class and they're meeting up with their friends and things are Mm -hmm. happening. They're making really cool worlds. And I love it so much. I like that idea of, that kind of a fantasy setting so i've kind of moved away from the forgotten realms and started to move more into this more anime style of fantasy games like sword art online um uh, should you look for a girlfriend in a dungeon you know those ones are all like Mm -hmm. really fun fantasy worlds that i think are much more cooler i'm starting to get much
0: more interested in okay very cool um, and then with that, what kind of a setting do you think you'd use for it? Or uh, not a 5 a system, yeah? I think, I think
1: 5e. 5E. Okay. I think I would still stick with it because it would let me build the characters out. It would let me build what you got when you went from level one to level two. You're definitely gaining experience. It's definitely still tactical. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to a dungeon to get stuff and come out with loot. It's still a loot. You know, like, I want it to still be Diablo, loot explosion kind of game. I want it to be Um lots of cool magical items. And I wanted to have magical items to have more emphasis than they do in D D5E. Whereas maybe more of your powers are coming from the magic item stuff that you're getting and less yeah. from at level two I get this new ability. At level four I get this new ability. And at level six I get this new ability. Maybe it's because I picked up this cool sword of the waves. I can now do this wave attack, yeah. and I picked up this, you know, the gauntlets of whatever, and now I can do this cool punch the ground earthquake attack or something, you know, Yeah. that kind of thing.
0: I love systems like that. Nave is kind of like that, where like you you pick up this weapon and now it's like you're technically a fighter, but it's because you have this sword, you know, and and the other person picked up a book, so they have magic, and but it's all based on their equipment, you know. And Ooh, I see, there's one cool.
1: Tenra Bansho Zero Quintus is saying. If you like anime style gaming, check that cool. one out. So that must be an RPG out there. So very cool. I like that one. Okay. About, I haven't heard your sci-fi or your fantasy. What's your big?
0: Yeah, I. So it's funny. Like uh, the the Star Trek Star Wars debate is always a big one um, a with Trek. people. And I love I love both of those. Mandalorian. But I I really like Star Trek, and I always have, and it's yeah. one of my favorites. And I would love to have um, me be the Game Master and Mm -hmm. everyone at the table be the crew. And and I have those ready room meetings where we're talking about, like, well, what do we do? Like, I I want that experience. And Modiphius's uh, 2D20 uh, system is very good for that. I uh, but I also think that you could do that really well with Powered by the Apocalypse because it's less yeah. on combat and more like, how do we solve this tactical mission kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, no, we have a holodeck problem or something. And so mm-hmm. I I would really like to play a Star Trek game like that.
1: God, can I sign um, up for Jordan's Star Trek campaign yeah, right now? We should can do I that. that name <laughs> on the list?
0: Oh, my God, that'd be so good. Uh, and then as far as a fantasy setting, I love the Earthsea books. Um, oh, a wizard for okay. Earthsea. yeah, and those had a very interesting view of magic, and so it wouldn't necessarily be spell slots. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what I would use for that um, because I think I would want everyone to be a wizard or some kind of magical creature. But maybe modular D six system, so, maybe? yeah, maybe modular D six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, ironically, though, I think modular d6 would be better for a tactical combat thing which is kind of mm-hmm. what we've been playing around more with and the yeah. idea of building your character up through levels as opposed to abstract things like i i found a, a weapon that makes me powerful or like mm-hmm. this affected me in the story so it, it the logical choice is for me to kind of take this and you don't really have hit points and you know i think modular d6 is going to be more of the tactical fighting but yeah yeah, yeah. I hear you. Anyway, uh, something I've been thinking a lot about. Uh, there's so many cool, like settings out there to play in. That uh, it's, but I, I really think it's interesting that a universal system. We can call it universal, but it's not necessarily going to uh, scratch that itch for every type of game. So, right. Uh, but anyway, we got ten minutes left. Let's talk about D and D because that's what we're here. And I Dungeons love hearing about Tridenters. your Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Uh, running around. So what's going on in Dungeon of the Mad Mage?
1: Well, we, um, we fought some cool um, super powerful yuan but I'm forgetting the type, maybe they're like the abomination style of them, so they're much more pumped up yuan and if you remember, there's one in there that's called an Anethma, which is the one that has all the snake heads and was super powerful. That's a, that's a Um, really fun
0: monster. (laughs) And we
1: did a We did a super tactical teardown of this thing. Our team was like SEAL Team 6. When we went into this room, it was like block the big guy off with a force wall, throw up a darkness spell. It can't see to cast now. It can't get to our things. We kill off its minions. We bring the force wall down right after its turn is over. We start hammering it with everything we've got. It was like It it was like we planned it out in a video game kind of thing. So uh, Danimal, our Dungeon Master from Down Under, our Australian Dungeon Master, he committed us on being super tactical and being able to just kind of hammer through that without ever really being in danger of it, Um, which was cool. But then we got into a fight with some Nagas, and then even we're about to just come up out of the ground, a Bone Naga. And I have never got to fight a Bone Naga um and the naga whoa you should have seen some of the poison rolls this thing was yeah. throwing out it was like 30 40 50 points of poison and we we're all like whoa we got a dwarf who didn't care about it but the rest yeah, of us like, the, i'm
0: in trouble if i get hit by that <laughs> there's a there's lots of uh uh it so poison is like one of those things where a lot of a lot of dnd players and meta players are just like mm-hmm. oh that's the most re- resisted damage type so, yeah. like, I don't want to take poison damage when I'm attacking monsters and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But that being said, I think it's overlooked a lot because so many people are like, oh, I've got resistance or I've got this. And then you you all of a sudden it's like yeah. the dwarf is the only one that's doing well against this thing because of all the poison yeah. damage. And the poison <laughs> so we're, condition, we're very spooky. If you're poisoned for an hour, that's kind of spooky. So Yeah, and some of them are different
1: because some of them will paralyze you. Some of them will restrain you. Some of them will turn you catatonic. Some of them are just, you know, it wears off after a while. It's just damage or something. So you're never quite sure what type of poison is going to hit you and then what extra effect it might have on different ones. Like the drow poison from their crossbows can be different from the poison you get when maybe an anathema bites you or something. Yeah. So it's always a little scary. And sometimes I think people take characters that have poison resistance to try to avoid that whole problem in the first place. I was thinking about when we were doing cholt, I knew we were going to be in a jungle. I knew we were at, poison's going to be, there's going to be poison damage everywhere. We're going to see it all the time. So one of the characters I thought about doing was a UNT sorcerer. I thought, aha, I'll kind of game the system. But I finally said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different um, and didn't do it. But I think some people do that. So that's been really fun. A Bone Naga, I think, is going to be super cool. And then I think once we fight this, we're close to going down to the next level. And uh, we did find a doorway because there's lots of doorways in Dungeon of the Mad Mage that you can go through and take you to different places. And we were about to go through one and we got the voice in our heads that says, you do not want to do that. You are not ready for that. <laughs> we all, like, <laughs> Backed up. <laughs> we're like, OK, we're going to take that hint. <laughs> we're going to oh, okay. we're going to slow roll our way down in there because apparently we we're about to just throw ourselves into the deep end. And uh, we almost got. Almost oh, got trash there, but apparently, I think that's part of the campaign that there's somebody watching out for you that we don't know yet. Really? Oh, Mage, I wonder possibly. if it's Halaster. And okay, so I haven't read I wonder, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, so yeah. yeah. So we're starting to get down deeper. I think we're going to start learning about his apprentices. We're going to start learning about, and we're getting to fight big monsters that we've never got to fight before. I've never got to fight a Bone Naga. I never fought an anethma. Yeah. Now we're getting to fight these cool creatures that are in the monster manuals and the volos and all this stuff that are those CR sevens, eights, nines, tens, twelves, You know, we've never got to fight those kinds of creatures before because our campaigns go one to five and then we're done, and you know we think about whatever the next campaign is, kind of things. I'm super interested. I can't see where we go. We're back and playing on Tuesday nights. It's a really, really fun game and a group of characters. And, and I love my Eric Kokra arcane archer. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought he was going to be as cool as he is. That's really and fun. It was like, there's this moment. And I, I, I know I'm taking up your time to talk. Oh, about your you're games. fine. You're fine. There's this moment where I've, I've always been the archer and I'm firing. I hit like a ham, you know, like a truck from behind. And I just thought there's this cool image of pushing this big, um, abomination you on T and there's an altar and we're about 10 to 15 feet and I've got gauntlets of ogre power and I'm thinking could I grapple him and then what I want to do is I want to slam him into the altar and hold him and pin him there and the way I want to do I want to get a, a little bit of advantage or a bonus because I'm going to have my wings start to fly out and then start giving me push to push this thing across the ground and into the altar and Danimal, my dungeon bash is like Yeah, I love the whole image of that. Let's roll some (laughs) dice. He's just like, let's do that immediately. And he's like, roll this dice. And I get the grapple. I beat the grapple, and then and, and it is. And this thing is trying to not let me push it, but the wings are flapping, and I just slam it in. And I hold it for like three turns. I'm dodging. I'm just using the dodge action. I'm doing nothing else, but I'm holding it there with my gauntlets. And it was just such a cool visual image to think of that. And that's what you know. The players were talking about you know after the session's over, you know the cool move and being able to describe that cinematically how it worked and it was just fun it was a really fun that's what that's the piece that keeps you coming back every tuesday night is that you're going to be able to describe your character doing something really cool that should be a comic book sell or should be a five minute or a five second video or animation or it should be in a movie you know? yeah. <laughs> you're just like this is such a cool moment
0: no i always so. love it when i leave the table and i'm like that's a painting in my head you know? Yes. Like I w- I want to I want to make that right now. Like I'm not yeah. that good of an Glowing artist, gauntlets. but I I can see yeah. it so oh. well. Like it's just cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, it was pretty cool and I was just, say, you know, it's the big eagle head screeching in the face of the creature, wings are flown out, the gauntlets because I'm using them start to glow because it's using the magic to give me the the <laughs> strength of the ogre to push, uh-huh. you know, and it's like the scrapes on the floor where the claws of the creature is trying yeah. not to let it happen. Oh
0: my god, I was just so good. <laughs> that's so
1: awesome. good. I love it. I love so, it. but what about Jordan's games? I'm sure you had some cool, epic moments.
0: Um, yeah, no. So I I, I played my my Eberron game on Friday nights over on uh, mm-hmm. Kugo the Mighty's channel slash the Mighty Dungeon. He's got another YouTube channel, and that's where most of his D D content is. And I think we were streaming on the Mighty Dungeon Twitch last night. Uh, but that's a lot of fun i've I've missed a couple episodes because of camping and other things so I feel bad uh people people are just like where the hell did you go and we made up a whole thing where I've like been <laughs> mysteriously aloof and stuff but a uh, really good group of players that are new to d d and genuinely are just amazed by it and I love yeah, I, I love, love playing that. with people like that because they're just like wait what and there's a couple times where they'll ask something and <laughs> And Google will be like, this is D and D. You can do whatever you want. Like what? And they, and they have this like, Oh yeah, I'm not in a video game kind of moment. (laughs) It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I ran my, uh, modular D six playtest last, uh, Saturday and we're actually going to play again tomorrow. Um, same group of people. And, uh, if you've read some of the rules, which are on, they might just be on my Patreon actually. I don't know if I shared them publicly, but, uh, you 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 XP is a currency and you spend it to buy modules that level you up and make you cooler and mm-hmm. so it's like I want to be good with like swords so you buy that sword module or something or I want to be good with magic and you buy that mm-hmm. um but it's fun because if you you get experience points by showing up to play you get one
1: mm-hmm.
0: by uh staying the whole time you get another one and then completing something in game uh, you get a third one so you're averaging about <clears throat> Excuse me, you're averaging about three to four experience a night, uh, and so my players will be level two at, uh, tomorrow. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about leveling up and what does that mean. But it's uh, I wanted to talk about playtesting is interesting because one of my players took this jumping module that lets him triple his jump distance, and I was like, oh, okay. And I wrote that, but I didn't really think about it. And he's I like, didn't
1: think that out. Well, <laughs> he's like, well,
0: so how far can I jump with that? And I'm like, uh. Uh, and so we had to think about it. And yeah. because the way he interpreted it is that he would be able to jump 90 feet. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I can't, no, I, that is not happening. So uh, I went back and I like really thought about it and I rewrote a bunch of like jumping rules. And so then mm-hmm. I had to do, oh, triple is even too much for that. So then I had to take it down to double instead of triple. Mm. Um, but that's the reason you playtest. And I think it's been a lot of fun to have those discussions and figure it out. So, uh, yeah. And then I'm going to make a Dungeon Crawl Classics Lankmar video on the second channel. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'm coming mm-hmm. out. I'm going to record that today, I think. And then uh, I, I'm hitting 100K soon. Yes,
1: what do you guys want to do?
0: Should, like, I run Lucian through a Star Trek game and be God, the complete yes. antithesis of my Forgotten Realms channel? <laughs> I'm ready to be an ensign. Oh my gosh, hence <laughs> <Ensign> Lucian. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, I need. I gotta do something. It's gonna be really cool. We got a lot of stuff coming up. So that's about that's about it for me. But I'm playing a lot of games. I'm excited. Uh, played last night. Might play tonight. Definitely running a game tomorrow. And I've forgotten how much I love running games. Like, uh, I've yeah, been playing, a, been lot playing a lot lately. Yeah, we've been playing a lot. We've been
1: talking about this lately. But uh, I was yeah. like,
0: man, I just, I want to run a game. So run I'm actually run. running them through an old school essential adventure. And I'm converting the monsters as I need to. Uh, so they're exploring a cave looking for a water dragon. It's very base minimal, but, like, my players love to explore. I have been able to draw maps on my cool new board, on my table with the plexiglass. So I've been drawing mm-hmm. all the maps, and they love it they uh, they each chose a miniature the other day so or the first time we played so they have cust- not custom but they have miniatures for their characters and they're very excited so yeah mm-hmm. anyway very cool that's our show ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for watching thank you for hanging out sharing commenting subscribing staying wonderful and nice in the uh, in the chat is really awesome too cuz we had quite the heated discussion between some people well i shouldn't say heated but uh anyway we will be back next week with another episode. We'll talk more about uh, maybe these systems. Dungeons maybe we'll have some more information. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. September is right around the corner, which we'll have lots of, of awesome stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite universal system? And what do you play Tell it with? Us. Let us know in the comments. I'm genuinely curious as I've been yeah. researching all the If there's a, a good
1: these. one I don't know about, I want to like, know about
0: yeah, it. Yeah, because <laughs> I even even talking today i was all ready to talk about the uni system and cortex and then lucian Mm -hmm. throw me a curveball with cypher and i'm like oh yeah Yeah. you're right you can do a lot of cool stuff with cypher so that's right (laughs) um but yeah we will be back uh next week so i'll see you guys all as i find my button to transition here we go i'll see you guys all next week uh thank you again for watching Mm -hmm. and uh have a great day bye everybody